Every four years this happens, right? We get an extra day in the year, and that's happening tomorrow. And so today, is, I'm just calling this my leap day message. I'm going to tell you a story. We talk about stories and how God does things and answers prayers and, and just works in our lives. I'm going to tell my story, part of, part of my story. It's one of the many stories that's happened to me in my life, and it's, but it's an important story. So in our house, if you, if you go to our house, um, if, you're, if you're by my, my wife's dresser, she has on her dresser these uh, nice little tree with rings and jewelry and all this stuff, these little boxes with pictures. And, and in the middle of that, uh, there's this little 516th driver bit. That just sits on top of her, her box, kind of out of place. You don't know what a driver bit is. is you put it on a screw gun, and you can use it to screw in these, these, um, these screws that have that kind of tip on the top. And uh, mainly used, a lot of times, used for, for uh, um, metal roofs. And, and so she has that just sitting on her, on her dresser, kind of out of place. And if you saw that, you'd think that's really weird. Either she's really into, like, construction and tools, and that's like her trophy, or there's something to that. And if you go to my office, you'll, you'll notice there's this piece of cloth that's cut out. And it's, um, it's not because I love, I mean, I, I do love uh, Capitol High. I graduated from there and played soccer. And it's not because I love it so much as like a little, you know, uh, shrine to my, my soccer team or my, my school. But, but it, it's, it's sitting there. If you saw it, you'd think like, this is kind of out of place. Like, what is this all about? Which is a little cut out sweater. Uh, well, it's a, a sweater I used to have in high school that ended up turning into a work sweater that I would uh, use when I would do uh, work and, and some construction and stuff. They're, they're sitting there, and if you just saw those, you would think this is a little out of place. It's kind of weird. Like, why? You know, it's not even nice. It's not even cut out that nice. Like, you could have done a better job cutting that. I probably could have. Um, and the bit sitting there is kind of weird, uh, but for us, it's really, really important. It's so important that we put those intentionally in our house that we never forget something. Um, we don't want to forget what these things mean to us, the reminders. They sit there to, to let us know that there's something really, really important in our life, that if we, fail, um, if we fail to remember those things and we forget them, we miss the point of that story, which was really, really heavy and weighty and, and could have turned out really, really bad. And so they sit there and they, and they wait. So here's how the story unfolds. February 29th of 2008, and that would be two leap years ago, all right, eight years ago, tomorrow, on February 29, 2008, I spent about 10 hours on a plastic um, board in the emergency room. Um, I don't know if you've ever laid on a plastic board. It's kind of hard, uncomfortable. Um, and, and not just laying on it, but strapped in, like, you know, things around me holding, holding me in on this board. Um, I couldn't move and just laid there uh, for, for, for hours on end. And I kept thinking, why will they not let me get off this board? Um, and I just laid there for, for the whole day. And it was not so tomorrow's leap day. I don't recommend you lay on a plastic board tomorrow for 10 hours. All right. No fun. It's not good. You don't want to do it. And that was how I spent my leap day eight years ago. Um, and this is why we have these things in our house to remind us. So there's a man in our church. His house caught on fire uh, from his fireplace and, and it, it lit his whole ceiling on fire. And they were able to save the house, but the ceiling was destroyed. So we went and helped him put a new ceiling on and, and, and rebuild it. And it, it, was, it was months in the process of helping. So a few of the pastors from the church and some leaders, we'd, men would go and we'd work. And, uh, and women, too, would go help this, this family that lost part of their house. And so we'd try and just kind of rebuild their life again. We had put, spent a, a week putting all the, the metal roof on um, and, and getting all that down. As, as, as we were finishing up the last touches, we went back the last day to kind of put the, the end caps on and just the little final touches on it, the, the top piece. Uh, we took a little break, got some water, and a little... Little uh, before before lunchtime, we went back up to finish the last pieces. Well, in Rio Rancho, it kind of gets dusty in that Albuquerque area, and as the dust was kind of swirling around, we didn't realize that it was accumulating dust on top of this metal roof. 
And if you're standing on a metal roof that has a pitch and there's dust on it, uh, if you hit that dust, it can be really slippery. Uh, we didn't really weren't aware of it. You kind of when you're when you're focused on something, you miss out on some of those details sometimes. And so we get one on the top. Me and this other gentleman were were putting on the end cap, and kind of as as I went down to put the end cap on, my feet went flat, and I began to slide off this two-story roof. Um, and as I began to slide, I'm holding this cap. All these thoughts begin to go through my mind, like, okay, Eric, what are you going to do here? And it's interesting. This is happening in real time, but you're thinking all these things. I begin sliding. I'm holding this piece of metal, and I think, well, I can pull it, and hopefully the guy will be strong enough to hold me, and I won't go off the side of the roof. And then another thought came, but if you pull it, he's not ready, and he comes down with you, you're dead for sure because he's going to land on you, and uh, he's going to kill you if you don't die or move from the impact. As I'm sliding, I let go of the, the metal and think, well, I don't want both of us to die, so at least I'll have some grace, you know, here. And I let go, and I start. I turn my body, and I begin to slide down this roof. And as I slide, I'm going faster and faster, looking for screws, you know, to try to maybe stop myself. As I get to the edge of the roof, I notice there's these little screws at the end, and I think, well, I can stop here. And then another thought comes to my mind, well, if you have too much momentum and you stop on that screw and it doesn't stop you and you go over, you're going to land on your head, and you really don't have no chance of living, so... Just go for it. And then I hear a voice behind me, Eric, be careful. The guy that I let go of the roof, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, Eric, be careful. Here we go. And then as I'm coming over the side of the roof, I'm thinking, Bear Grylls. And this is interesting. So a couple months before, I watched this episode of Bear Grylls, Man vs. Wild. He gets stuck in a tree in a parachute. And he says, so if you're ever stuck in this high place, he's about 25 feet off the ground. He says, and you have to, you have to get out of this situation like we're going to land in a parachute in a tree, right? How many of you guys have done that? You ready for this? So I'm thinking, when will I ever need this knowledge, right? And so he says, when you're falling off a high place, he said, the best thing to do is not try to stop yourself on one thing, like your, your feet or one, your one leg or whatever, but to roll, to try to spread out all the weight over your whole body so you don't just break one thing. You might bruise a lot of things, but you won't break just one thing or hurt one thing really bad. So I'm going off the side of the roof, and I'm thinking, God, thank you for letting me watch that Bear Grylls movie right now. <laughs> Eric, roll. Roll, Eric, roll. And so my thought is my, when I hit the ground, I have to roll so I can spread out this impact, and it won't hopefully damage everything in my body. And so um, when I hit the ground, I'm going so fast, and I, you have to have forward momentum to roll. I learned after the fact. So the, I try really hard to roll. When I hit the ground, I did somewhat rolled, which was good because it worked. It spread out over my whole body, and my whole body was really beat up. But I rolled, when I rolled over, I kind of went to my side and hit my, my, my hip and my, my, my arms and, and just kind of used my whole body to kind of take the impact. I lay on the ground, um, and here's my first thought. I wonder what I'm going to eat tonight. No, that wasn't my first thought. <laughs> that had no, I didn't care what I was going to eat that day. My first thought was this. This is literally my first thought. I'm laying on the ground, and my first thought was, oh, God, am I ever going to be able to play soccer with my son? At this time, we had one son. He was one and a half years old. Joaquin, we didn't have our other three kids yet. And so um, he's one and a half. He's our first kid, our, our, our boy. And my first thought is about my son, thinking, I'm hitting the ground. Pain begins to set into my body, and I'm thinking, all right, this is not good. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm alive, so that's a good thing. But, but everything else, I don't know what's happening. And I know, I know enough not to move when you're in a situation like that, so I just stay, stay there. And I, I wiggle my fingers, I wiggle my toes, and I think, okay, that's, that's a good sign. You know, I, I, I still have movement in my, my body. So. And then I begin to think the next thought is, how is this going to impact my wife? Like, oh, man, what, what, what is this going to mean? Am I going to be able to walk again? Am I going to not knowing? And pain is just beginning to just go through the whole body, and you're thinking, man, this, this, this hurts. 
And then I'll, we have pastors that were part of the, the, the rebuilding process. So they come and they pray for me. And in the middle of this, they're praying. Prayer is important. Prayer is really good. But after they prayed for about five minutes, the pain is there. And I, I ask, has anybody called the ambulance yet? I said, oh, we should call the ambulance. <laughs> so um, they call the ambulance. And then uh, the ambulance comes, picks me up. My, my friend from Argentina, he's another pastor. He's, he, he calls my wife. And just, just to give you some information, if you ever have to call somebody and tell them bad news, don't get somebody that's hard to understand on the phone, right? So he has a real strong accent, um, and he likes to joke. And, and he, he, I'm, I'm, no, he's not joking, but, but he's, she thinks he's joking because of his accent, because he's saying, and, and he, he's talking about dropping the phone and falling, but Eric's okay, but the phone fell. And she's like, what are you saying, Christian? Like, please talk to me in English. And um, so finally he communicates that he's in the ambulance going to the hospital. He fell off a two-story roof. They're taking him to the hospital. So she gets the kid situated, or, or the kid, Joaquin, taken to somebody and um, drives with, with the other lady to the, to the hospital. Um, and then um, I'm in the, the ambulance going to the hospital and get there. And so here's the part of the story. I'm, for, for February 29th, 2008, I was on a plastic board for 10 hours. Um, it wouldn't have been that bad if my feet weren't blue and purple. So I had bruised my heels. And so my heels were sitting on this board, which is the most annoying pain in the world because you're just on a plastic board. There's no comfort. Um, strapped to it. So it's not just like they're laying on the board, but they're strapped down to the board. So you're like, pain is just constantly there. Um, I broke my pelvic. Um, um, I fractured my hip. I sprayed my wrists. It just was, was just, just bruised up. And, and um, But I'm laying there because they just, they, they, this is what they said, nobody falls off a 21-story roof and doesn't have anything wrong with them. Like they, Those things are obviously wrong, but that wasn't that bad. And so they had me lay there until specialists could look at it and look at it and look at the x-rays and take more x-rays. And over and over, they just kept me on this bed because they just were sure that there was something really bad, which is good because um, they didn't want to send me off and, and, you know, me be paralyzed or anything. And, you know, it would have been really bad. So they wanted to make sure. So I just laid there all day and it was just it was horrible. Uh, my wife came and um, a guy backed up in her, into her in the, in the, dry, in the parking garage. And uh, she comes in and says, you know, are you OK? She's talking to me. And she says, well, a guy hit me in the parking garage. And my question is, did you get the insurance? You know, she's like, what? I don't care about the insurance. That doesn't even matter. Like, are you okay? And because sometimes when more things happen, we're focused on the wrong things, right? And for me, I'm like, the insurance got to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that now. And uh, and you're just annoyed because your your heels are just hurting so much and your body's hurting, and you're wondering like, what is? How is it going to impact my life? So I lay there. Um, oh, you can see the picture there. This is the guy's house, and that's where I fell off the roof. Um, it's a construction zone, so there was tools all around the house, and it's really interesting. The place I fell was the only clean spot in the whole around the whole yard. Um, at this point, this is a couple months after we went and looked at it. It's kind of a little cleaner, but there was boards and nails all around me. And if I was just a little bit to the left, there's a trash can. I'd have been crumpled over that. To the right, there was boards with nails. I would have been, you know, perforated. Um, so where I did land was the best place I could have possibly landed. And how it worked out, and they said I, when I fell, it was probably about 25 miles an hour hitting a concrete wall. Is that, if you can picture that. Um, that's why they kept me on the bed for so long. So here, here's the whole point of why I'm telling this story. Um, you miss the important things when you focus on the wrong things. You miss the important things when you focus on the wrong things. When I was laying on that floor, I wasn't thinking about a bigger house to build for my wife. I wasn't thinking about a nicer car to buy or um, the next vacation we're going to go on or what I was going to eat for dinner. Those things didn't matter. And it's not that those things aren't – they're, they're, it's not that they're bad. They just don't matter. They're not important when it comes to the big picture. And when we, when, when we focus on the wrong things, we miss the important things. And the things that did, I did think about was how this could affect my life. 
how is it going to affect my wife? Am I going to be paralyzed? Am I going to be able to walk? And um, after 10 hours of keeping me on this, on this journey, they finally let me go, and, and they give me crutches and say, well, you're, you're okay. Your pelvic is in a place. There's no load. It's not load-bearing, so you can walk, and it'll hurt, but you're not going to hurt yourself worse. Your hip is fractured, your wrist, but that's pretty good. That week, I met three different people. Um, one well, lady lost her husband. He fell off a ladder and died. Uh, one man was paralyzed. He fell off a, a, a one-story roof and landed wrong and was paralyzed. Another guy had his really bad limp. It's just interesting how you meet people when you have similar stories. And um, I fell off a two-story roof and walked away. I mean, literally, well, I didn't walk. So it hurt so bad I couldn't walk because of the pain in my hip is still broken. It still hurt. Um, I had to crawl on the ground. Oh, and my heels didn't really work because they hurt so bad. So I crawled to my house, you know, not from the hospital. My parents drove me there. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't get in the car. Um, I crawled into the house. My wife, like, I come to the door, and I'm crawling in. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sorry. This is the only thing that doesn't hurt that bad. I can't walk. I can't use the crutches. It hurts. And so I crawled around for about three weeks until I began to, you know, feel better. Um, so um, when, you miss the important things when you focus on the wrong things. We're all looking for something. We're all looking for success. We're all looking for fulfillment. We're looking for fame. We're looking for fortune. Some of us are looking for pleasure or acceptance or security. Every one of us in this room is looking for something. We're searching. We want to find meaning. We want to find purpose. We want to find something that's going to make life make sense. And this is what I know. We all look for those things. And those things aren't bad. All those things are good, and we should search for a lot of those things. And I hope a lot of us find those things. But, but a lot of times those aren't the most important things. They're just things. They're the things we focus on. It's, we try to become what the TV tells us or the, or the famous people tell us we should become. And we, and we begin to strive after a lifestyle or after a way of living that somebody else tells us. And sometimes we get focused on the wrong thing and we miss what's really in front of us. See, in the middle of my accident, I wasn't thinking about all the things that I don't want to think about. Those all went to the side because I knew those are secondary. And really what's most important is my family. Uh, one other thought I had was, oh, God, we canceled our life insurance when I was laying on the ground. Uh, literally, the week before, like, we didn't have money. The bills were piling up. We had to cut back things. And one of the things that came up was life insurance. And I said, we can't pay it this year. We're going to have to cancel it. And uh, I'm laying on the floor, and I think, God, I'm thankful I'm alive because um, we just canceled life insurance. That's kind of crazy. So I'm still alive. It's a good thing. and haven't used it. But um, So there's a story in the Bible. So what does this mean to us? Uh, the Bible has, has things to offer us and help us with this. There's a story in the Bible found in, in the book of Matthew, and it's found in a few different Gospels. Um, but this one's found in the, in the account of, of the book of Matthew, and it says someone came to Jesus with a question. Uh, they, they, other translations call this the rich young ruler. So this guy was, he was rich, he had influence, he was young, and he was a ruler. So he, was, he, was, he, had, he had authority. And he comes to Jesus and he says, Teacher, what, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? So he's saying, what, what do I need to focus on in life? What's most important? What, what good deed do I have if I have to have eternal life? And this is what Jesus says. He says, why, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. So the guy says, okay, which ones? The man asked. What, what commandments? I get that. Okay, keep the commandments. What ones do I need to keep? And Jesus replies, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus names a few commandments in the Old Testament. Five of those that he names are, are, are five of the ten commandments. What's interesting, he starts at, at commandment 4, works all the way up to 9, and he stops before 10. And 10 is about coveting and wanting and, and desiring what others have. Not being content with what you have, but wanting more. He, he doesn't mention not having other gods before you. And I think this is, this is if, we, if we look at the story carefully, we begin to see Jesus trying to teach a bigger story in this story. And this man is really saying, what, do, what, do I, what does my focus need to be? What do I need to focus on? 
And Jesus says, well, keep these things. He says, well, I've kept all. This is what he says. He says, I've obeyed all these commandments since my youth, the young man replied. What else must I do? Like, okay, that's great. That's good. But what else must I do? And Jesus told him this. He says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. What Jesus is saying this, this man didn't have riches. Riches had him. He didn't own wealth. Wealth owned him. He wasn't in control of his money. The money was in control of him. His focus was on the wrong thing, and he was missing the important things. This is not Jesus saying money is not important, and we shouldn't have wealth. That's not what Jesus, the point of Jesus' story is. The point is this. He knew in the man's heart there's, there must have been covetousness because he didn't bring that up. Like this man was not content. He wanted more of what somebody else had. He wasn't content. And in this, he actually elevated money and his status and his, his authority, uh, uh, his, his, all his things in his life situation above God. And that's breaking one of the commandments, putting something before God. And so Jesus' love and heart is saying, don't put the unimportant things in front of the important things. Those things don't matter. And it says that when the man heard this, he went away sad because he had many possessions. He was like, but wait, I've been chasing the American dream my whole life. He wasn't American. He's, but you can imagine if it was us saying, I've been chasing the American dream my whole life, and I finally got it. I have the, you know, the two-story house, the three, four, five-car garage, whatever it is, the, the Tesla, any Tesla fans, or the Land Rover, whatever it is that we're chasing. I finally got it. I'm finally there. And Jesus says, yeah, but those things really aren't that important. Why don't you sell all that stuff, give it to the poor, and then you'll really find what life's about. And he brings people into the equation. He brings relationship into the equation. There's something more important. And then he says, Jesus told his disciples, I tell you the truth. It's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astounded and they said, who in the world can be saved then? And Jesus looked at them intently, intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible with God. Everything is possible. We can't do it on our own, but with God, everything's possible. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples. When we get stuck, focused on the wrong thing, we miss the important thing. We miss the important things when we focus on the wrong things. I'm going to show you a video. Um, try to pay attention really closely. All right. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But, did you see the moonwalking bear? No! Alright, how many of you saw the moonwalking bear the first time? Alright. I didn't give you help. I said pay attention closely. So there's a few hands that went up. So when you're not paying attention to the right thing, you can miss really important things in life. When you're focused on the wrong thing, there's other things that, that are around us that we can miss out on if we're not paying attention. I'll show you one more video and um, see if this helps. The monkey business illusion. Count how many times the players wearing white passed the ball.
The correct answer is 16 passes. Did you spot the gorilla? For people who haven't seen or heard about a video like this before, about half missed the gorilla. If you knew about the gorilla, you probably saw it. But did you notice the curtain changing color or the player on the black team leaving the game? Let's rewind and watch it again. Here comes the gorilla, and there goes a player, and the curtain is changing from red to gold. All right, so I'm pretty sure you all got the gorilla, because that's pretty obvious. But if you weren't defeated... When you're looking for a gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. Exactly. Looking for the gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. How many of you guys saw the curtain change? Anybody? Yeah, a few people? Pay attention? Player leave? There's other things happening that are going on, but when you're focused on one thing, you can miss the other things. You miss the important things when you focus on the wrong things. I heard a story about this marriage counselor. A lady came into his office and said, you know, I'm ready to give up on my husband, my marriage, on my husband. If he doesn't change, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm calling it quits. It's done. So the counselor's all right. Well, tell me about this. What's going on? And begins to ask questions, you know, trying to find out what's that one thing that's really driving her. So she begins to tell him, you know, thing after thing she doesn't like, what's going on. And um, she begins to explain just common struggles, common frustrations that any married person would face, you know, two different personalities that come, you know, come, to, come, come together and, and, and go through life together. And so after listening for a while, he just realizes there's really nothing, one big thing that's standing out. It's just all these things that have just kind of just added up. And he says, well, okay, so obviously there's not one big thing that's going to drive you away. So tell me this. What, what is good about your husband? You know, and after the lady told all this bad stuff, she says, well, um, I guess um, he's a good dad. I mean, his kids really love him. They kind of adore him. So I guess he's a good dad. They like him. And he says, oh, what else? And so she, she comes up with, th with four things. He says, well, here's a piece of paper and pen. Write, write down the four things. And uh, this I want you to do this week. Every single day, find one good thing about your husband and write it down. And so she does. Three days later, he, he runs into her and says, she, she comes smiling and says, thank you so much. She says, it's very easy sometimes to get focused on the negative things, the wrong things. That I actually, we actually miss the good things. And she, had made, she, she began to, to go through the list and say, you know, I was focused on the wrong things. And there are some really great things about my husband. And these things we have to work through, but I think we're going to make it. So a few years later, the guy says he, he encountered him again, and they're doing well. Marriage is going good. And he says, I bet this lady probably had to practice this, this exercise a few times. Because we all have drifts towards the easy and towards the comfortable and towards selfishness. All of us. We struggle with this. We drift towards the immediate. We, we, we go with the flow. Whatever fits it, whatever's comfortable, whatever else, everybody else is doing, let's just go with the flow. It's easier. It doesn't take work to go. It takes work to go upstream. Let's just let the current take us. And that happens to all of us. We drift unless we're intentional to say, how can I focus on the right things? Not go with the flow. Not, not just, folk, not just what, what's easy to get to get things with but things that don't take maintenance or work you know let's focus on the important things the right things um when i felt that roof and i thought about my son i think i said i wonder if i'll play soccer with my son well the good thing is i have i've been able to see him not just see him play soccer but i've been able to play with him and he's able to coach his team um been able to have a relationship beyond just soccer because soccer is not that important it's really a relationship and it's really being able to pour into my son's life. Um, and so we have these reminders around our house that remind us of, of February 29th, 2008, the bit, uh, the shirt. But we have one reminder that's more important than any other reminder. It's a name. Um, and the name is Sela Mia. Uh, it's our second child. Uh, the day that I fell, um, 
the day, day before, a couple days before, uh, we, we most likely conceived my second child at that point. So my wife was pregnant with our daughter. I fell off a two-star roof. We didn't know it yet. Uh, a few months later, when you finally begin to realize that she's pregnant, um, things just look a little different. Um, I'm crawling around my house um, on my knees because <laughs> my, my heels hurt still. Um, using a cane to walk. It took a few months to kind of uh, get off the, you know, the cane to be able to walk straight. Um, first time I played soccer, my hips froze up. I couldn't move the next day. It was really weird. Um, um, anyways, just all that whole process. It was, we're going through this process. Well, we, we 2008, uh, November 21st, 2000, 2000, um, um, 2008, my daughter was born. And uh, we began to pray about um, you know, what can we do to keep more reminders in front of us of what's really important? Because the big house, it's really not that important. And the nice car is really not that important. But what my kids say about me when I'm an old person, that's really important. And what, what my family um, has to say about me is really important. And, and the, the memories that we make with our kids are really important. And we begin to think about these things. And, th- and there's this term in the Bible, Selah. It's a, it's a musical term. It's a, it's a refrain in the song that, that says, pause and reflect and think about what just was said. So you read this song, and there's this break or refrain in the song that says, okay, Selah, now think about what we just said. Like, don't just rush through this because you missed something here. Pause and think. And then continue on. And we said we need things in our life to, to help us to pause and to reflect on what's really important. Because at the end of the day, a lot of things that we think are really important really don't matter all that much. And so we named our daughter Selah Mia, which is she's my pause and reflect person. Her name is pause and reflect. It's my pause and reflect. She's important. The money's not important. These things matter, and it's not those are bad, but really she's what really matters. If we didn't have anything, in fact, this really helped us because we bought our house in 2006. 2008, the market, if you remember that, 2006, the highest market, uh, uh, house, housing market, and then it crashed. We were, our house was underwater. Uh, just really financially, we, were, we began to struggle from about 2008 to about 2010. Uh, really bad f- struggles. And in the middle of that, if I didn't have this experience of falling off the roof, I think I would have went crazy. But in the middle of that, when we were struggling, we thought we might have to foreclose in our house and let lose it and um, all this, you know, whatever plays out that way. Uh, it was kind of building that way. And the pressure of me as a, as a man wanting to provide for my family was just overwhelming. Um, and I remember one point we sat and talked, my wife and I, and, and we said, okay, so let's just play this out. Let's play the whole movie. Let's not just get stuck and focusing on if we lose the house. Let, let's, let's go a few years forward. What would happen? All right, so we lose the house. My wife says, so we lose the house. It's okay. How long does it take to rebuild our credit? Seven years. Okay, seven years and we buy a new house. We'll do it. And this pressure began to relieve off us and we realized it's really not that bad. We give up the car. We give up the house. We lose these things. I still have my wife. I still have my kid. I still have my daughter. And all of a sudden, the perspective of our life began to say, what's really important? Is it the house, and is it the car, and is it the fame, and is it the fortune, is it all these things? And the answer at the end of the day was, no, those things don't matter. My kid, when I'm 70 or 60 and he's 30, he's not going to care about what size of house we had and if he had his own bedroom and if he had whatever. What he's going to care about is, did my dad spend time with me? Did he pour into me? Did he care enough about me not to get stuck in the wrong things? And so we have these reminders around our house saying, don't forget what's really important. Because you miss the important things when you focus on the wrong things. There's a story about this man who took his son to the ocean for the first time. And his son is so excited about seeing all the shells on the, on the seashore. 
and uh, begins to collect all these shells. And if you know if kids when they're small, they, they just pick up anything, like the, the shell, you know, with the, the crab's leg sticking out and all the, you know, the gross stuff. So his boys just begin to collect all these shells. And over time, you know, they're collecting these, and his, his, his son is just loving these shells. And his dad sees a starfish, and he says, son, there's a starfish. Like, you know, shells are cool, but that is awesome. You should, you should go get the starfish. And he's trying to give, give his son his experience. So his son runs to the ocean and sees the starfish, and he runs back to his dad and says, dad, I can't. He says, no, you can, son. Go get the starfish. Like, you, I believe in you. You can do it. And he runs to the starfish again, and he, and he looks at it, and he's like, he runs back to his dad and says, Dad, I can't. And he says, you can, son. I believe in you. Just go get the starfish. He says, no, Dad, I can't. And he says, why? He says, well, I have all this. And it was fragments of shells and broken pieces that just really didn't matter, just, you know, things he collected, not compared to the starfish. It was just, you know, broken stuff. And he says, because of this, Dad, he says, well, let that go because that's better. Son put it down when he got the starfish. How many of us in life are like the little boy that have all these fragments of stuff that we've been told are important, that we're holding on to, and there's something better that God has for us? And we run to the things God has, and we say, I can't. God, I can't. We run back to him. You know what God's answer is going to be? You're focused on the wrong things. Let go of that stuff so you can pick up that thing. Let go of those things so you can find what really makes what means makes makes life worth living. Another way we can say this is you miss the important things is, is this. You miss relationships when things are your focus. Have things become your focus? You miss out on the most important things, people, relationships, when things become most important. See, the Bible can be summed up with one word, relationships. The most important commandments are all about relationships. Love God, have a relationship with God. Love people, have a relationship with people. And make sure those things are healthy. Everything else is secondary. If you miss relationship with God, you miss everything. If you miss relationship with people, you miss everything. If you get the big house and you get the fame, you get the fortune, you lose everything else if that's all you ever got. And it's not those things are bad, but they're secondary. First has to be about relationships. You miss out on the important things when things are your focus. I believe that's what God's challenges today. So here's my challenge. Leap into the important. So my son, you know, I try to do a lot of things with him. I try to pour in his life. And um, I think it was actually this time I went, this is one of the first times we went and did some activity after I fell off the roof. Um, I went into we went to a trampling park and jumped around and had a lot of fun and I was feeling really good. And then I got a, soccer, a call from some friends to go play soccer and um, played soccer, and the next day I woke up and I couldn't move, and I thought, oh, good, what did I do to myself? Um, and it just took some time to get back into the swing of things. But anyways, leap into the important. Say yes more to building relationships and to making a difference. Say yes more. Tomorrow's leap day is an extra day. What is it that God is asking you to go pick up that's important, but you're holding on to all this other stuff that's keeping you back? What addictions are keeping you back from what is beautiful that God has for you? What hang-ups? What things? And we all have these things. Just understand that. That we are choosing over what's really important. What TV shows? You can't, you know, you're, you're addicted to. You just can't stop when you're missing out on important things. Whatever it is. It can be really small. Facebook. That can be a thing that you're holding all these shells. And God is saying, your husband's in the next room. And hey, just for the record, this applies to me a lot of times. All right? You know, my phone and the TV and the computer and work. Sometimes those things become more important than the people that I'm doing it with. 
We can't miss out. So my challenge is this. Say yes to God. If you typically say it's not possible, would you say, God, I believe, and man, I believe if you want me to do this, it's possible. And if you're typically negative, then I would say you say yes to God and begin to look for the positive. If, if you're typically very selfish and stingy, then I would say you need to be generous, like the guy that just told, told the rich man. You need to sell. Here's what I think would have happened if the rich man were taking his advice. He would have given everything to the poor, and he would have got more than he had in the first place, because that's how God works. Because he understands that, that money did no longer has his heart, but God has his heart. And he can trust that man with more. And the way God blesses us when we faithful a little bit is he gives us more. So I'm pretty positive that would have happened in that story if that rich man would have went away and said, I'm going to trust you for the starfish and let go of these little shells, these broken fragments. So today, many of us have fragment pieces of our life and fragment shells that we'll hold on to. And God is saying, I have something better for you. Would you trust me? Would you let me lead you into this? So my challenge this week is, would you say yes to God more? As you close service, would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? I want to give an opportunity for you that are here that you know that you're holding on to these broken pieces of fragments and shells and brokenness in your life. And today, God is he's extending an invitation to exchange the brokenness of your life, the hurts, the hang-ups, the mess-ups, the, the mistakes. The Bible calls it sin. When we do the opposite of what God has for us, he wants us to give those things to him and, and, and admit them so he can give us something beautiful, a new life. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. If we acknowledge that he's Lord, that he's God, that, and we begin to follow him, he gives us a new start and a new life. It's an amazing thing. God says when, when you trust him with your life, the old is gone and the new becomes. It starts. It's a new life. So if you're here today, and you've been holding on to things that really aren't important, my challenge is would you let go of those things? Would you say yes to God today? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Let me know you're here. I can lead you in a prayer. Awesome. I'll make you come to the front, not to embarrass you. This is just a personal moment between you and God saying, God, I want to let go of my brokenness and let go of these things I've been holding on to and accept what you have for me. Anybody else? A few hands that went up. Awesome. Don't miss out on what is important because it's right in front of you. If you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? It's a simple prayer. It's just acknowledging that God is God and that you've messed up and you need his help. Pray this with me. Raise your hand. Say, God, forgive me of my sins, of my mistakes, of my past. Today, I want to become a new person. I want to let go of those things and start fresh. I believe you died on that cross for me. And I believe you're alive today. Would you be my God? Would you be my leader? Come into my life. Help me to follow you. Help me to know you. Help me to put the important things first. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.